Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, bridging the gap between the expectations of fresh faced graduate employees and the company itself can be a challenge, and failing to do so can lead to strife for all involved. So how can we prepare better for, and indeed succeed in, our very first job? Thankfully, my next guest has written a book about the said topic. Coleman Collins, author of How to Succeed in Your First Job, joins me now. Good morning, Coleman. Good morning, Bobby. How are you? I'm great. Now, firstly, tell us a little bit about the background to this book. You were 40 years in the HR business, so you have a story to tell. And I think maybe COVID uh, drove that story out of you. Is that right? <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, it was probably a combination of um, when I when I sold my business uh, a few years ago, um, I got involved in doing a good lot of pro bono mentoring. Right. And uh, a number of people said to me, you know, you have a lot of experience gained over the 40 years. Um, why don't you put some of that in print so it could be of use to to uh, younger people? So I kind of thought about it at the time, but as usual, procrastinated. But when COVID came along, I said, OK, I've no excuses anymore. So I got down to it and... Good man. eventually wrote the book. Now, let's talk firstly about one's first job, because I feel quite strongly about this, Coleman. I don't know if you agree with me, but like retrospectively, when we look back at anybody's career, your first job is absolutely hugely important because it can often dictate, you know, what happens next, where ultimately your career goes. So choosing carefully, choosing wisely, making sure that you have success at whatever level you're operating at is vitally important for anyone's career aspirations. I couldn't agree more. And the I suppose the big difference, Bobby, between when you started your career and when I started my career, uh, there wasn't probably as many opportunities there. And, and often one kind of took the first job that came our way. Yeah. Whereas I see it as a totally different scenario now. Young people now, particularly qualified young people now uh, in in high demand uh, professions, they can be much more selective than you and I were. And in particular, they should, as you say, because of the importance of getting off to a good start, they should be very selective in picking the right company and the right job. And Also nowadays, there's no excuse for not doing that because there's a huge amount of information available on any particular company you might be considering as a potential employer. So you can get information online, obviously on the net. Now, some of that will be sanitized because it's the, the company's own information. But you can also get information by doing a bit of due diligence. Maybe you know somebody who works in that company who could who could give you the heads up. Or maybe you might know somebody who did work in that company and it might be interesting to know yeah. whether they left for a promotion or whether things didn't work out for some other reason. So I think the whole point of 
research and being selective is an opportunity that should not be missed by young graduates now because, as you say, a good start is half the battle and can get your career off to a flying star. Yeah. Okay, so we've established that and we're in full agreement on that. So once one lands one's first job, then you have a couple of tips about getting off to that good start. One, which is to be an effective communicator. No waffle you know, don't over-communicate. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Because in the old days, it would have been seen but not heard, maybe. Yes, that's right. Uh, Well, I'd say I'd break it down into into two forms of communication. The first, the most obvious, is the oral communication. I mean, I I think graduates probably don't realise that uh, normal dialogue in in colleges is quite different than uh, business dialogue and and so it's important to be brief uh, get to the point as you say don't waffle and uh, to speak clearly and succinctly and also it's very important especially if you're trying to get someone to do something to speak with conviction to speak slowly deliberately confidently and, you know, maybe pausing to highlight the main points. And you need to get across, you need to come across with energy and, and enthusiasm. Because if I don't get energy and enthusiasm, enthusiasm from you, why am I going to do what you're suggesting I do? Yeah. And so, you're also suggesting as well, which I think is relevant, that particularly if you're in a multinational or a, you know, a big four or whatever it is, that you need to be, learn to be a good presenter. I think that's, again, you've got to, you basically have to showcase yourself, don't you? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And you, you, you've, not only should be, should you be a good presenter and, and look to develop that skill early, you should look for every opportunity possible to get on your feet and present to people. And, and again, all the rules I applied bring into Additionally, body language is very important. Eye contact, your posture must be appropriate. You know, use your hands appropriately. And for God's sake, whether it's in a presentation or whether it's in uh, just ordinary or oral communication, avoid the thing that I call weasel words. And weasel words are words like maybe, possibly, perhaps. Theoretically. Or, or I'll try to. Or theoretically, as you say. They're all pre- preparing you for the fact that this isn't going to happen. You know? <laughs> That's very funny. So and then I also wanted to ask you about it because it's another very interesting part of the book. You talk about then in the second bit of the book, specific situations like workplace politics and navigating social situations. Tell us a little bit about those because this is the school of life, Coleman. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, and you know, many many a good career became becalmed because of these issues. Like you can see, Bobby, and I'm sure you can think of examples of people who have gone into organizations full of energy, full of enthusiasm, and you meet them a year or two years later and they're flat. They have, they have, they've either switched off or they've become institutionalized and they, they don't have that energy uh, or enthusiasm anymore. In my words, they've now become part of the problem rather than part of the solution. So the way I see it there is you've got to be very, very careful about all office politics 
try there, some of it's inevitable, but try and avoid it as much as possible. Uh, again, don't get involved in rumors. Don't get involved in gossip. No innuendo, anything like that. Avoid these kind of people who specialize in that kind of thing. Better companies tend not to have them, but they might have one or two legacy type people. But companies with toxic cultures have loads of these people. Yeah. And you need you need to either get out of that company or avoid those type of people because they can only damage your career. So people who moan, people who bitch, people who are complaining, people who get involved in inappropriate slagging and joking and bantering that can be quite offensive, people who get into bullying and stuff like that, these are all red flag issues that you need to stay a mile clear of. Yeah, yeah. And finally then, can I ask you, Coleman, that, you know, we, we joked earlier about us being of the same vintage. Do you, <laughs> do, do you think it's harder for young people now uh, coming into a workplace scenario? Like the challenges are very different than they were 40 years ago. But would you be optimistic for today's graduate or for, day, for today's uh, first, in, first job employee? Yes, I would. I'd be more optimistic, Bobby, because I think a lot of companies have, uh, the penny has dropped. What is the what is the one thing that differentiates your company from every other company? And that is, it's no longer the product and it's often not the process. What it is, is it's the people who work there. And the the better companies are are really good at attracting people. They're very, very good at at keeping people, they're very good at uh, developing people. So attraction and retention are key things. And to do that, you really have to put people first. And I see more and more companies, there's still a few dinosaur ones out there, but I see more and more companies who have got that message. And so from from an employee's or a new employee's point of view, that's very attractive. Right. Uh, so I, I think to, to answer your question, it's definitely better now. Right. Well, look, it's a great book. It's grounded on experience and uh, a lovely read and a lot of nuggets in there that young people could do well uh, to take some heat of. So, so Coleman <laughs> Collins, uh, author of How to Succeed in Your First Job. Thanks so much for a refreshing uh, piece of conversation this morning. Thank you very much, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.